Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. How will I be set up for success here? And these questions can seem like you're being needy, right? The market right now is in a weird spot, a weird spot. So the idea of asking any questions that may make someone be like, "Mm, I think she's going to be difficult. Let's pull this off her. Terrifying. But also, you need to set yourself up for success. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Silver Lake. Welcome to the show, Becca. Hello. Hello, hello. Becca, go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Becca Rosenthal. I'm a software engineer on the security team at Reddit, and I try to help keep everybody safe and secure. And you are not from L.A. You moved here. So where did you move from and why did you pick Silver Lake? So I'm originally from Oakland and then I moved down because I'd been living with my parents for six months during COVID. And then a friend of mine who lives in Venice was like, hey, uh, my roommate's moving out. Do you want to sublet? And I was like, yes, I'll sublet for November. And then I stayed there for a year. I moved over to Silver Lake because, to quote my therapist, that's where the queerdos live. (laughs) And I really enjoyed it. What would you say the difference in, like, Venice culture and Silver Lake culture? It's like L.A. is like a bunch of different countries, all the different cities. L.A. only started making sense to me when I realized it's not a city. It's 30 small towns that are next to each other. Yeah. So full disclosure, I lived in Venice peak pandemic, right? So, like, I don't know what living in Venice is like. Bummer. But what I will say is if you use the ocean every day, right, if you swim, if you surf, if you – like, I I lived right on Abbott Kinney. I was super lucky. So I was all over that bike path every day at the end of my workday. Like, if you use the beach. Oh my God, there was nothing better. But then when the world opened up and I wanted to be going to shows and doing other stuff, like everything was 45 minutes or an hour away. And so that was the biggest difference that I found is that like the West Side was very like, we use the beach. I did not use the beach that way. Um, <laughs> and you love music. And Silver Lake is known for great music. It is. And I've I've found a ton, you know, Silver Lake Echo Park, and I've I've really found a great community of musicians and people who just go to a lot of local shows and I've had a really good time. And the other way that I've been building community recently is I joined a queer kickball and a couple of queer football teams. And so that's been fun. I've been so excited to interview you and you're probably like, why? Because <laughs> we don't know each other. But there was something about you that made me feel rooted back to when I built my first tech company. And it just felt raw. Like, I felt like interviewing you would feel like a time machine taking me back to when I first started my adventures in tech. Just like a gut feeling. I just felt like this interview wouldn't be about status. It wouldn't be about boasting accolades. It wouldn't be about surface level conversation. I had a gut feeling 
this interview would genuinely be about what we experience to architect our dreams and what even having dreams means to us. I felt like it would be a deeper conversation and that really excited me. Can you dive in a little deeper how you got that initial job in tech? Sure. So before I get into it, I do want to be very like clear of when I did this five years ago, this was in 2018, I guess 2017 yeah. with the boot camp. This was before COVID. This was five years ago in boot camp land. Yeah. So the landscape has changed a lot. Totally. Having said that, there's a lot of pieces of my story that I still think are applicable that a ton of people can learn right. from. So my thing was I went into engineering assuming that I would never be able to be an engineer because engineers yeah. are brilliant and I am not. And I assumed that I would get enough of a kind of an intro to be able to ask the right questions and kind of know some service level stuff to be able to like schmooze my way into some opportunity. Yeah. And so when I attended this boot camp, I went to one called Hackbright, which was specifically an all-women's boot camp yeah. where their, their stated goal is to change the ratio of women in tech. Oh. And I went in and I did this like boot camp prep course that was like a basic intro to Python thing that was twice a week. And I totally caught the bug because – Coding is puzzles, right? There's some set of data you have. You need to do some stuff with it and get something to come out. It's puzzles. It's patterns. It's, it's a game, right, if done right. And if not, then it's just a bunch of people who think they're smarter than everyone else, you know, acting like gods, right. which is annoying. Yeah. And so the way that I actually got my job is that – like going back in the story. I got a randomly assigned mentor – Okay. Um, at the in the coding, camp, yeah. at, at the coding boot camp, John O. Warren, you're my dude. I owe you my life. Thank you. Appreciate you. He would come, you know, every week as done and kind of help me with my project where I built sort of a sandbox micro donation app called Despair Change. Wow. Where the idea was I wanted it to be as easy to, you know, click a button and give a dollar to the ACLU as it was to, uh, you know, give a dollar to a friend for whatever reason. And obviously I didn't build this into production, but that was sort of my my project that I built to demonstrate this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. It was funny, right? Like the the tagline of one of the organizations I made up was like, it was the fake ACLU, which strove to accomplish all of their goals with none of their resources. This is who I am, right? I'm right. a person. Right. I'm, not, I'm not a code bot. If you're looking for a code bot, right. go look elsewhere. Yeah. But if you're looking for a person who's teachable and will be fun to teach, right. that's me. Yeah. And then Steve Huffman came and spoke to my boot camp. And one of the things he said that was incredibly impactful was, well, two things actually. Yeah. One was, how do you build a product women want to use without women yeah. on your product team? Yeah. Which I said, yeah. Yeah. Like, right, because people talk like, we want diversity because yeah. it makes the New York Times not be mad at us. Like, you know, whatever right. it is. But that's not why you want diversity. You right. want diversity because it's a better way to build better, 100%. safer, more cohesive products yeah. is to have more ideas in the room. 100%. And then the other thing he said was basically the problem that Reddit at its core needed to solve is how do you make it so that the tiny percentage of assholes don't ruin this beautiful thing for Ugh. everyone else? Totally. And I said, oh, that sounds like an interesting problem, right? I came mm -hmm. from the Jewish nonprofit space where I was working with Jewish communities all across the South and building different communities based yeah. on different needs, right? A small community in a college town in Auburn, Alabama yeah. needs different resources than a historically queer congregation in Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. which needs different resources than a large synagogue in Texas, right. you know, in Houston, right? right? And so understanding different communities need different things, but what do they all have in common and what are the problems they're all they're all facing? Right. Interesting, right? Yeah. And so when Steve spoke, I, I asked him a question. I was not a Redditor at the time, I should add, and I raised my hand and I said, 
what are the ethical obligations of tech founders to anticipate how their products will be used for malicious purposes before launch and plan accordingly? <gasps> yes, that is now my job five years later. Wow. Um, right, I asked you asked that, it that day. Literally, I raised my hand. Hello, person who has never met me, doesn't know who I am, whatnot. Wow. You're here speaking to a room of aspiring software engineers, and this is the first question. Wow. Oh, I always raise my hand and ask the first question. Yeah. Someone has to break the ice. That's what I've always done. That's how I've always been. That's who I've always been, whatnot. Pause on that for a second. I force myself in public environments when there's a big speaker to ask a question as well. Standing in line at these conferences to ask the question, my body is shaking. Every I'm time. sweating. Every time. I'm freaking out. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to be stupid. I force myself to ask a question. So I actually want to highlight asking questions because I I'm actually writing a blog post about this right now for the Reddit blog. This is my accountability to finish that article, specifically about asking questions and the art of it, because I think people are so afraid to sound stupid that they forget that you only know what you know, and the only way to know things you don't currently know is to ask. Mm -hmm. And like when you see somebody, you know, type like an acronym and a question mark in the chat of, you know, the Zoom, you know, Hangout or right. Slack, whatever, you don't go like, oh my God, they don't know what that stands for. Like I'm judging them forever and I will never look at them the same way. No, you go, oh, thank God they asked. I had no idea also. Yeah. So like go be that person. Right. Um, also, for when you're standing in line at the conference terrified that someone's going to think you're stupid, here's some of my favorite questions to ask that work in any situation for any circumstance. I love this. Number one, um, what is one of the mistakes that you've made that you've learned the most from? Oh, great question. Any context. Right. And it's not, and why do you hate yourself now? And why are you unworthy of what you're doing? Yeah. No, it's like, we all make mistakes. That's a given. Yeah. We all learn from our mistakes. Yeah. A given. Yeah. Tell us about one. Right. And then you get to decide how, you know, shit posty versus how real and vulnerable you want to be. Right. 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 You can decide any, any segment totally. of it. To ask something there, it's I'm thoughtful or not. And it's also super generic. So right. you can ask it to literally anyone, any phase of their career, any profession, any industry. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mistake you've made. What's the best piece of advice that you got early in your career? Mm-hmm. Right? Like these sort of generic ones? Yeah. I think th those are my two favorites. One question that was actually gifted to me by a listener was, what is one huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? And I've asked that on every episode for years. Oh, I love that question. Yeah. Right. Because we all face these obstacles. Mm -hmm. And like... I, I also love the idea of like, what's an obstacle that people talk about all the time that you just don't think of as an obstacle? And how do you make that mental calculation in your mm. head? Right? Like my least favorite question of all time is like, tell me about your imposter syndrome. We all deal with it. But like, why are we making up this huge narrative about how we all must by default feel like we are unworthy and inferior? Yeah. Right? And and we do. And you're like, scratches that off list. Yeah. Um, right? Like, <laughs> and right. And because for me, the well, okay, I'll, I'll go back to the how I got my job story yeah. a little bit here. So Thank anyways, yeah, I yeah, asked yeah. him this question, yeah. and his answer was basically some combination of, look, like, you can't account for everything before you build it. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to build the thing and yeah. be prepared to pivot and adjust and iterate as you go. Yeah. And I said, okay, great, fine. And then I, uh, I wrote him a follow-up email that said, hello, fangirl, fangirl, fangirl. I'm the woman that asked you this question. Yeah. I agree with this part of your answer. Yeah. I disagree with this part of your answer. <gasps> I'd love to continue the conversation and get your advice on how to position myself on teams working on these kinds of problems. What? How are you the most masterful question asker? I'm a Jew. This is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. But but because here's what it is. Hello, CEO of large company. Do you have a minute for me to pick your brain? No. No, he does not have a minute for no. me to pick Amen. his brain. Amen. I can't stand it when people ask me if they could. I'm looking they don't start... even ask. They say, 
how about we get together next week for coffee? I'm like, why? Assuming that. <laughs> right. But here's the flip side of that, right? Everybody wants to be a mentor. Everyone wants to be helpful. Everybody wants to share what they know, right? The more I talk about myself in a conversation I have with you, the smarter I think you are. Yeah. Research shows that, right? So hello, very accomplished person Yeah. who I have a lot to learn from, who I think yeah. is interesting, who may have opportunity for me or may not. Yeah. I'm someone that you want to talk to. Yeah. I'm someone interesting, right? When yeah. someone messages me on LinkedIn, it's like, hey, you're cool. Okay. <laughs> Hi, you work at Reddit. Can you help me work at Reddit? What, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. Hello, I see you have a background in such and such. I have a similar background. I'd love to get your advice on yeah. how you navigated specific thing that I'm interested in yeah. that shows that I took 30 seconds to think about your time as a valuable 100%. commodity. 100%. When someone reaches out to me, all I'm desperately desiring is to be seen as a human being. And I want to see you as somebody I want to invest in. So, okay. Let's oh, say you send point. me a really yes. great message on LinkedIn or Google, you know, what, email, whatever. You send me some message and, hey, can, you know, I ask a great question. Do you have some time to chat with me? Ooh, you seem great. You seem like someone I want to say yes to. Can I tell you what I say? Yes, please. Hi, my calendar was absolutely slammed this week. Can you just send me an email next week so we can plan this out? Oh, because they won't. I put a <laughs> tiny, super manageable that. roadblock in front of you. Because if you can't somehow get, a, get your system together to send an email to me next week, no, I'm not connecting you to my friends who are smart and busy wow. and powerful and whatever. That's a good one. Right. And, and, my thing, and I think a lot about it in terms of bias and who am I, you know, who am I like icing out with, with a barrier to entry like this, right? Like a four-hour take-home coding question because, you know, you may get anxiety during a coding interview. Yeah. Like that ices out a lot of people. I don't yeah. want to do that. But can you remember to send me an email next week? Do you have some mechanism of keeping a calendar or a way to automate send an email seven days from now? Or care enough. I have a huge network because of what I do of, of investors, venture capitalists, angel. So early in my career, a lot of people say, well, you introduced me to so-and-so. I'm trying to raise money. I'm trying to raise money. And I would see how they wouldn't respect those relationships. Mm -hmm. It would drive me Insane. out of my mind. Mm -hmm. So then, so now I put in boundaries in place and saying, send me this, this, and that, and then blah, blah, blah. And it, you're right. It works wonders. The second you – and it's not even like a big email. It's like a paragraph they need to send. But Right. And one of the things I tell all of my mentees when they're like, hello, will you be my mentor? Another question I absolutely hate. Why me? What do you want to learn from me? Yeah. My answer is going to be yes, but just like show that you've spent 30 seconds thinking yeah. about this. I literally say, you say jump, I say how high, but I'm not just going to start jumping. Yeah. And, you know, in the beginning, I very much was like, I must help everyone because of all these people who helped me. And then yeah. I've slowly learned that it's not that I don't want to or I can't yeah. invest in everyone. Well, I can't invest in everyone. It's not that I don't want to. It's that I want to make sure the people that I recommend forward yeah. are people worth recommending forward because otherwise my word, my endorsement means yeah. nothing. 100%. And and so my thing is, so you know, I'll just keep it affects our reputation, right? And 100%. like, I care a lot about my reputation amongst my peers, and you know, we'll, we'll keep getting into it. Yeah. But like, relationships are how I built my career. Yeah, and getting people to take chances on me because no, I don't know what I'm doing now, but yeah. I have a ton of potential, and I'll ask great questions. And I'm, you know, I don't know. Teach me has been my mantra, right? I'm not dumb. I'm just yeah. new. Yeah, right. So like, I I'm, love that. I'm not dumb. I'm just new. It, and it's such a powerful mantra because no matter what you're doing. Why would you know that the way to spin up a Kubernetes-based service is blah, blah, blah. there's no documentation and right. the answer is go talk to Jamie? Well, <laughs> how 
How would I know that? Right. I'm not dumb. That's a terrible system. Yeah. And, and there's no way for me to know about it. So what are we doing here? So back to the story. So yes. I send Steve that email. And he responds, you know, some amount of times later that was like, hey, sounds great. Let's do a breakfast or lunch at the office. CCing my assistant. Now, meanwhile, uh, I'm a songwriter. I've been a songwriter yeah. for many years. And I, uh, I had written this fictional comedy song while I was at the boot camp about matching with a professional mentor on Tinder yeah. that was three minutes of coding puns and Jewish wedding jokes. You did not ask, but I need to drop some lyrics. I know we have Please a somewhat do. technical audience here. So here's how it ends. It's kind of like Billy Joel Piano Man yeah, yeah. style. Uh, for the length of the list reasons why we can't be, set the count to the risks to mentor and mentee. We could make like a git, track a change, and commit, but we can't get the status until we init. Yes, I matched with my mentor on Tinder, with a man who could help my career. We're two parts of a tuple, a teacher, a pupil, immutable. That much is clear. There's no dot get for feelings while breaking glass ceilings, at least not for this engineer. I will not let my tutor become my new suitor, at least till the end of the year. It's funny for a few reasons. Number no, one, I, it's funny. It's it's also amazing. <laughs> right. There's also no... You wrote this? Yeah, I wrote it in like five minutes. Uh, what? Are yeah. you even talking about how do you write something like that in five minutes? Sidebar, another part of my job. Uh, I'm the unofficial Reddit bard. Uh, I just write random songs about That's things. That's amazing. Uh, you know, hi, can your team do a 45-minute or 45-second presentation about what you did this quarter? And I'll like... Put, pull down like my mandolin from a wall Stop. and just like write a little ditty Stop. about like the band evasion thing we just built. Yeah, like it's a fun little skill. Well, because my thing is I'm not going to get a job off of being the most technical engineer. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to say, hey, I've been to a three-month boot camp. That's basically the same as three years of industry experience. Yeah. Because it's not. Hello, my name is Potential. I'm going to be fun to teach and I'm incredibly teachable. Hmm. Now we're talking. Right. So, anyways, my uh, I have a friend who I'm enjoying listening to you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, as I said, I'm the bard. I'm a storyteller. It's what I do. You're you're very great at it. Thank you. So, anyways, one of the women in my boot camp ran into my mentor on the street and was like, "Are you going to Becca's show?" And he said, "What show?" Because uh, I was the artist in residence at like some cafe in uh, San Francisco. The mentor that you got through the coding booth. randomly assigned mentor okay. who yeah. happened to work at Reddit. Yeah. Right. Ran into a friend of mine who went to this boot camp on okay. the street. Did I mention my story is all luck and relationship? Yeah, yeah, would yeah. not happen today? Yeah. Are you going to Becca's show? No. He texts me, says, what's the deal with the show? I said, here's the deal with the show. Um, also, <laughs> funny song, a story for you, Jono. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't match on Tinder. You know that. I know that. There's no men on my Tinder. Yeah. Just FYI, there's something coming here. Yeah. So anyways, he comes to the show. Yeah. Which, again, speaks to him and his, you know, yeah. his... He liked me as a person, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not, yeah. right? Like, we've all worked with people in professional environments where we're like, we love these 45 minutes a week and there's no way in hell I would spend an extra second right, with you. Right, right. And then there's the people that you're like, oh, if you invited me to a party, I bet your friends are cool. My, my investors in my social network that I built back when, before social networking We're going to need to get into that too, they, but um, okay. They came to my birthday party and I, I'll never forget that. Like, it, it, was, it was the day that really solidified, like, oh, you – actually care about me as a human. Right. It's it's not a one-way relationship. This is a this is a two-way relationship here. Yeah. It's not I am getting something from you and you are getting nothing from me. And like anyone who has ever been in the situation of like I need someone to take a chance on me. I need I need something from someone if only they would, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts just give me the time of day. No, no, no. We do it because we benefit from it too as yeah. mentors, as sponsors, as yeah. guarantors. Like we we are we, we like this. So anyways, right. he comes to my show and he listens to the song and objectively it's great. So he liked it. And then afterwards he came up to me and said, hey, 
send me a resume. And I'll add that after Steve spoke when I sent him that email, I also texted Jono and I said, hey, Steve just spoke at Hackbright. FYI, I am going to be your coworker. Thank you in advance for your help. Like a manifestation line? Mm-hmm. Like okay. 100% a manifestation yeah. line. Um, something about me, I'll add, is I don't know why I am unabashedly confident about things that there's absolutely I no reason it. I should be this confident about. But I don't have another way of being in the world. I've always been a lot. People have always liked me or hated me. And I really don't care. Not hated me. Been profoundly annoyed say, by I me. I can't imagine someone hating you. You're so likable. <laughs> sure. But like I'm a lot and I'm annoying. I, I, I can be annoying. If you're looking for a nice calm afternoon with your three friends and I show up, that's not what you're getting. And so and, that, and that's fine. right? The your people, self-awareness, though, mm-hmm. is like mic drop. <laughs> right. Well, the, the people who get it, get it. And the people yeah. who don't, don't need to. Like, yeah. that's fine. I'm not here trying to get you to change your mind about me. I'm right. trying to get the people who want to be a part of this to be a part of this because right. they're the ones that I'm going to want to build these relationships with and move forward. Right, right, with. right. So anyways, I, you know, I texted him that. Thank you in advance. And like my thing was I knew that interviewing is a skill. Yeah. And I wanted to work at Reddit. So I wanted to develop that skill yeah. before I started it at Reddit or yeah. before I started the, the process to interview with Reddit. Yeah. So I did not ask for a referral. Instead, I was like, hey, would you meet, you know, meet for me, meet with me, continue meeting on a weekly-ish basis to do, you know, coding problems or help me with these kind of things? But what happened was I went to like a Hackbright like happy hour thing and I yeah. met this woman. Hi, Dobbs. How are you? Yeah. Um, I love that you acknowledge all the people that helped you along the way. It's so important. Oh, tech is a team sport. Tech is a team so sport. I, I, I've been an athlete my whole life. Um, you don't get anywhere alone. And the people who stand in front of the room and don't acknowledge their teams, I don't understand. No, for the life I don't of understand. Me. I've seen so many people skyrocket. And then the thing that I notice in an unfortunate common theme is they don't mention any of the people that helped them get there. And it, it really saddens me. It really saddens me too. And I just, I know how far it goes, and this is going to sound awful and manipulative, but I'm going to pull the T-Swift line and say, what if I told you I'm a mastermind? And, you know, if I talk to you for 10 minutes and then I drop something into our public internal feedback tool that says, hey, I just talked to Janet. She is incredibly knowledgeable about this thing, and I'm so grateful she gave me her time. Uh, See? It goes a long way. It goes a long way for a few reasons. Number one, Janet. You deserve all the props. Yeah. I just made up Janet and I feel bad because there's a million actual coworkers I could have named. Um, <laughs> named none of them. Sorry about that. That's uh, actually a good move because then one would be like, wait, why didn't you name me? <laughs> Melissa Cole, you're my everything. You know it. <laughs> um, that's also true. She's the first woman that uh, read it higher in engineering. And the best <gasps> thing that happened in my career was the desk wow. next to hers opened up. Wow. I mean, so, ma- so many stories of relationships. Yeah. So anyways, I'll go back to Jono. So after my show, he, he emailed me the next day, send me a resume. And so I sent him my resume and, you know, I was going out of town, whatever. Yeah. So meanwhile, I met this woman at this uh, who uh, you know, loved her job at Bloomberg. And I said, yeah. great, will you refer me? And so I went through the interview process at Bloomberg. And, like, I didn't want to work there, but I, they, like, kept having me. I ended up getting an offer from them. And I also emailed the recruiter guy I met at, like, Hackbrite's demo night from Coursera. Yeah. Who was like, I'm all about, you know, mentorship and we're all about growing people. Like, we're an education platform, so they right. should be great. But their office was in Sunnyvale. And I lived in Oakland. So yeah. I don't know how Bay Area focused people are. But essentially, they were geographically in a place that there was no way in hell I wanted to work at. And it was such a great practice interview because I knew I didn't mm. want the job. And I did a few interviews with places that I knew for a fact I have no interest in working with you, which meant that I could, you know, answer your questions and see what kind of response you would give. And I could mm. practice telling my story. Like, after my boot camp ended, and actually, this is the real advice I have. Yeah. Go on a million coffee dates with people 
in the industry you want, right? I wanted to go into software engineering. Yeah. Great. There's so many kinds of software engineers. Yeah. And where do I even start, right? The recruiter goes, what kind of engineering do you want to do? And you go, uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, hi, can I, you know, buy you a coffee and can we talk for an hour yeah. about, you know, such and such? Great. Right. So I met with infrastructure engineers and security engineers and yeah. product engineers, all front end, back end, you so name it, I named cool. it them. And the, the most valuable piece is they would say, tell me about yourself. Right. And I would answer the question, and then I would go, oh, you're asking me a lot of follow-ups about Jewish life in Jackson, Mississippi. I don't want to talk to you about Jewish life in Jackson, Mississippi. I want to talk to you about what I'm learning in this boot camp and you know, yeah. how I could benefit your company. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that means when I'm telling my story, I need to really play down and not say a lot about what I did before. Because if I do, you're going to ask me about it. Yeah. So yeah, I spent a couple years in the nonprofit world, and then I went to this boot camp because. Yeah. Right, you don't care about the nonprofit world anymore. Okay, cool. Now we can talk about that. And so what that meant is as I went into these interviews and I was talking to recruiters, I had now gotten better at understanding if I say this, they're most likely to ask about that. Right. And that then gives me the opportunity to talk about this. And this is what I want to talk to you about. Because I'm not here wow. to sell you on my engineering skills. I don't have any engineering skills yet. That doesn't mean I can't develop them. Yeah. But you're going to have to teach me them. Yeah. And so what I need you to believe in me for now is that I am potential. Right. I will be fun to teach. I am hungry to learn. Yeah. Here is what I learned in this capacity of this boot camp. Yeah. But like I'm a blank slate. Teach me things. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm humble and I'm energized and I'm I'm ready. But like yeah. I'm not going to hit the ground running and be able to save your company. Yeah. That's not where we're at. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, you mentioned self-awareness earlier. I think understanding what role you are trying to fit and really playing that up yeah. is important. What I'm really appreciating in listening to you, well, one, the whole ethos of this podcast for me, the reason I've invested so much of myself into it close to 10 years now is to empower women to see that opportunity is possible. And I feel like you're speaking to that so much where you're leaning into is that there is a lot of possibility to create our own realities. And taking that accountability, what is within our control, to study the interview process, to see how the, how we're communicating, to be proactive about setting up the meetings, about securing a mentorship, about participating in the coding boot camp, to making the most of the opportunity in the coding. Like there's so many pieces that have nothing to do with anything else other than you deciding I'm going to make this choice for myself today. I'm going to invest my energy into this today. I'm going to become thoughtful. I'm going to study this today. And there's one extra point I want to add, oh, which please is, do. and I'm going to surround myself with other people who are supportive and understanding of what I'm doing. Mm. Because it is that so might be the toughest isolated. One. Yeah. Oh, and particularly in remote land. And the reason I keep emphasizing that my story could not happen today is like, let's talk about all the in-person coincidences that happen, right? An in-person boot camp where this person came on site. Well, okay, let's back up. Reddit's office was three blocks down the hill from my boot camp. Let's right. start with that. Yeah. Right. So the fact that the people from Reddit were connected to this boot camp already and were easily able to come up on their lunch breaks. Right. Right. Like that's already luck. Right. right. But it's really different to meet with somebody over Zoom for 40 minutes where you're in their, you're in your office and they're in theirs. And yeah. there's kind of like transitional time before and after. And like you don't really get to understand how a person is the same way. So, okay. Agree. And also I think that there is space in the virtual world to create those opportunities. Yes. Like let's say there's a speaker on a webinar and they're giving a talk and then you then follow up immediately with the email they give out with something very thoughtful and practical that they said and start to plant the seeds of that relationship. Yes. I think there is 
abundance of serendipity that could happen in a bit of a different way. And it's still just about being highly proactive and creating those relationships. But you have to manufacture the serendipity. Right, mm. like because my the person I was friends with in the boot camp running into my mentor on the street because she just so happened to have a crush mm. with cr- a crush on her mentor who happened to be his manager. Like, yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. happen the same way. But like the way that I emailed Steve and yeah. said like, "Hi, I'm someone worth your time." Yeah, right. Everybody in my boot camp could have done that. And I remember like I wrote out my email and then I was literally shopping my uh, my laptop around yeah. to other people. And someone was like, "Becca, you don't have a like a monopoly on emailing him." And I said, "I know." You, you should email him too. Yeah. Like we're not we're not in competition here. I mean like yeah. we are but we're not. Yeah. I'm taking this opportunity. You don't resent me for taking advantage of an opportunity. 100%. Like if someone – like as he was leaving, I literally yelled, what's your email address? My mom says if you don't ask, you don't receive. Right. And I think <laughs> people wait for someone to say, hello, I'm going to send you a link for this way to plug in. No. Like yeah. so, so I was talking to a mentee recently at work. Some people – wait. Some people even do on stage. They'll, they'll be like, here's my phone number. Here's my – and then the amount of times – the amount of people that take action is so small. I did an intro talk to all of our interns this past year, and I, like, I like fought to get into the inter- internship talk because I think that – and it's not just a Reddit problem. I think yeah. it's an industry-wide problem on the recording. Let's just say it's an industry-wide problem, yeah. please, that I think that we're really failing newbies and junior engineers because so much of the onus is on them to ask for help in worlds where they don't understand how much asking for help is normal, and they don't see it role-modeled. And so I literally fought to go to intern onboarding, and at the end of it I said, look – I'm not any of your managers. I'm not any of your mentors. I'm not here in any official capacity to determine whether or not you get a return offer or not. But I just spent an hour with you guys talking about the emotional toll that being junior takes on you and giving suggestions for how to ask for help. Like, I really concretely understand what you're going through. If you would like to use me as a resource, I'm here on Slack. Just reach out. I'm absolutely here to cheerlead and pep talk and be someone in your corner for when you just have a moment where you're like, I wish I could talk to somebody that Mm. is good. Like, overwhelmingly positive. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guess how many of them reached out? One. One. Yeah. As we're talking about being proactive and asking questions, just one more thing to kind of echo that statement is I was a part of Astia. It was an organization in San Francisco for women who had raised money. And whoever was speaking that day said, right on this board, they had this big whiteboard in the room, who you want to meet or something like that. And out of this room of of people, no one wrote anything. And I stood up, I wrote Tony Shea, Richard Branson, and I think I wrote Puff Daddy or something. Who knows? You know what I mean? Incredible. And someone in that room said, oh my gosh, I know Tony Shea's neighbor. And I'm like, what? Manifesting. And later he became uh, a mentor and then one of my good friends. And yeah, anything is possible if you, it starts by us taking action. Right. And, like, I was talking to a different mentee who was, like – so she's, a, she's an Indian woman, and she was, like, I don't have uh, a lot of role models who talk like me. And I had a professor in my – I forget if it was master's or PhD program. And I'm, like, oh, you're significantly more qualified than me for literally everything. She was, like, I had an advisor or someone on the panel basically be, like, you don't talk clearly because I have an accent. And I was, like, that's just racism. But it's now made me incredibly self-conscious about – my accent and my voice. And I was like, well, that's profoundly fucked up. And she was like, yeah, and I just wish that I had, you know, more mentorship. And I'm like, well, what do you know that the director of your organization is this kick-ass Indian woman? And she's like, yeah, well, she's really busy. And I'm like, she's on Slack. Message her. Wait, she just said 
well, she's really busy without even asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. assume that yeah. the folks that they want resourcing from, they want support from, they want help from, they can learn from, are busy before they even ask the question. Totally. And so one of the other big pieces of advice that I think about is don't assume other people's needs and schedules. Don't be responsible for other people's notification settings. And so, like, yeah. I may send you a message at a time that, like, you know, you may work on the East Coast, yeah. and so I may send you a you know a message at 5 p.m. my time yeah. and 8 p.m. yours, and I'll explicitly say, please don't look at this till the morning. Yeah. Now. And if they yeah. respond, I'll be like, hey, it's 8 p.m. for you. You sure you want to do this? It's the end of my day. I'm wrapping up here. Right. Right? But fine. It's not – like, it's late for them. Yeah. This is not urgent. Yeah. But always ask, and no is a valid answer. On and also, if someone doesn't get back to you, they may just not have seen it. I've had friends I haven't gotten back to because I literally just didn't see the message. I was busy. I hadn't checked my inbox or my text messages. And I felt terrible when a few months later I'm like, oh, man, had no idea you were trying to contact me. Yeah. Can I give a very yes, L.A. Please. story with an anecdote about yeah. why not ask? Okay. So uh, this is an insane flex. I uh, <laughs> I was recently in Australia and New Zealand for the first half of the Women's World nice. Cup. Oh, I love New Zealand. I haven't been to Australia. Oh, it, it was incredible. The Women's World Cup was paradise. I just need to say it. Everyone should go. It's, it's the great greatest thing. So um, I'm an Angel City uh, season ticket holder, right? And I received an, uh, an, e- an email from the team while I was in Sydney that was like, hey, congrats, you've won, you know, a ticket sweepstakes. You don't remember entering in. Like, we'd like to offer you two VIP tickets. And Angel City is the soccer team here in LA. It's the women's soccer team here in LA that was founded by uh, Julie Ehrman and Natalie Portman. And then I think uh, Alexis Ohanian, his, uh, so Mr. Serena Williams, uh, his VC was also very involved and he was a co-founder of Reddit. So like, there's that tie in there. But anyway, so like it, – and it's an incredible – also, go to Angel City Games. They're so fun. It's all of the competition and none of the toxic machismo. They did not pay me to say that, but hi, Angel City. I love you. <laughs> um, so anyways, I get an email like, you've won the VIP ticket sweepstakes. Uh, you know, We'd like to offer you two tickets. You can watch us warm up on the field and yeah. then like be in the box. Oh, that's sick. The date is you know July 29th. And I responded like – Hi, name of ticket rep. Thank you so much. I'm currently in New Zealand for the World Cup and will still be there. Like, can we reschedule? Can I transfer? No answer. Fast forward like a week and a half later. I'm walking around Wellington where the U.S.-Netherlands game was being played, and I'm wearing my Angel City hoodie. This is going to be amazing. And someone looks over, and they point at me, and they go, Angel City! And I look up, and I go, hi, Julie. It's Julie Ehrman, the president and CEO of the team. What? who's there because she's spoken on a bunch of panels to help, like, grow the game wow. and, and whatever else. And she looks, like, a little taken aback, but also she was just in an HBO documentary about the team. So, like, it's not particularly surprising that somebody who's there for women's soccer wearing her team swag, yeah. like, whatever. She, it's not that weird. Super cool. And Yeah, super cool. And I look at her and I go, Julie, I have a bone to pick with you. And my sister starts, like, aggressively elbowing me in the chest. I'm going, stop it. Go away. And Julie goes, with me? And I go, well, not with you, with ticket rep. Again, let's talk about no shame. And I watch her entire body language shift. And she goes, what happened? And I explain the situation. I go, look, like, I got this email. I won the sweepstakes. I responded and, sa- and said this. She goes, you're here. I go, exactly, I'm here. And that's what I told, you know, the rep. But you know what they said? She goes, what? I go, nothing, Julie. They said nothing. <laughs> and she goes, well, that, well, obviously, we can reschedule you. That's totally fine. And I'm going, this is so far, like, below your pay grade. This yeah. is not important enough for yeah. you. But I asked you, so you're addressing. Great. And she goes, let's do this. Let's take a picture. My email is, da-da-da, CC me on the email. We'll get you rescheduled. So we take a picture. Yeah. She compliments my phone case, which just has a bunch of cutouts of boobs. Um, <laughs> it, but, like, tastefully. Tastefully, I need to acknowledge that right off the bat. Um <laughs> 
And I then send what can only be described as the world's most savage email, uh, responding to my own last un- unreplied to email. Hello, ticket rep. Hope you're Stop. doing well. Stop. I can't. I, ju- I just ran into Julie, CC'd, uh, who says we can reschedule for any day. Please let me know what I need to do to make it happen. Thanks so much. The photo. Stop. And then they got back to you in 30 seconds. No, they didn't. They still haven't responded. I don't think they work for the team anymore. But Julie's out of office responded. And her out of office sidebar was phenomenal. It was like, you know, hello. I guarantee I'm on a different time zone than you. I'm here growing the game. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'll follow up again probably next week or so when she's back and and whatnot. The reason I say that is because... Number one, I looked at the owner of a sports team and said, hello, this non-existent drama is actually your problem. And I was half kidding. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not going to be like, I love your team so much, right? It goes back to the question I asked Steve. It's not, can I pick your brain and shower you with compliments? It's like, you're a person, I'm a person, and there's actually something you can help me with, right? Executive women want to help women, Hmm. right? Like, we want to, I say we, I'm not an executive woman. People want to be helpful, right? I love your team so much. I can't help you with that. Oh. Hey, I have a very specific thing. Like, you offered me something, and then I, I'm trying to cash it in, but I'm obviously a huge soccer fan because I'm at the fucking World Cup in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm I'm trying to cash in this thing for this yeah. team, your yeah, team yeah, yeah, that yeah. I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's an interesting mind shift. I have to process it. I can't process it this quickly. But that's a really interesting mind shift. And how can we communicate in ways that aren't so maybe just uh, flattery oriented and instead uh, mutually helpful? Well, yeah, totally. And I like flattery is fun. But like, when someone looks at you, oh, my God, you're so great, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Like, also say thank you. Don't say no, stop it. Like, just accept yeah. the compliment. Yes, say thank I you. agree with that. This yeah. is something performing actually taught me. Yeah. Like standing on a stage with people clapping at you yeah. and not shutting them up and just like taking it. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so hard. But also, that's the confidence we all need to project. Wait, uh, but let's rewind back because you still didn't get hired in your story. <laughs> well, it's been five years. I'm good now. Okay. No. So, <laughs> all right. So here's what – so it actually yeah. gets crazier. Okay. So, so, so Jono says – your mentor send, went at, you said send, send the resume. resume and you had emailed The CEO. Him. Yeah. Great. So the CEO says – Let's get, you know, breakfast. I say, great, I'm about yes. to be traveling for a while. Let's do it, you know, when I'm back yeah. in, you know, in a few weeks. Great. Right. And I loved how you were, like, practice interviewing. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, That yeah. was so cool. And I'm, you know, doing my own, you know, Leet Code-esque stuff. And the way I was studying with Cracking the Coding Interview, which is a book that everyone should love to hate or hate to love or whatever you want to do, is I knew that I wasn't going to do it if I didn't find it fun. I yeah. had to look at it all as puzzles. So I would read a problem and say – is that something that I think I know how to do? Like, I have mm. the building block skills to figure it out. Right. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to try it. And if it was yeah. something I read and I didn't understand half the words in the question, I'm not here to try to, like, learn stuff that, I'm, that I've never been exposed to. Because in right. reality, I want to prove that I have learned the basics. Right. Anything with strings and lists and dictionaries and, you know, the ability to convert any kind of data from, like, you have a, a string, great, can you now organize it into a, a dictionary mapped on letters? Yeah. Like, basic data transformation stuff. Right. I need to be able to write for loops and while loops in my sleep. Sleep, right? I'm not saying that you need to be able to like write an end-to-end app that has, you know, salted passwords stored in your databases and transformed into various like, like no, that's right. not what like straight out of a boot camp, that's not what I need to prove to you. 
I like it's the equivalent of I can open a Word document, I can bold something, I can underline something, I can probably start writing a few sentences. Yeah. Then you get to a company and it's like, great, here's a PhD dissertation. We need to find the spot where they make this claim and actually re reward it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I can bold and underline things. That's all I got for now. Let's work up to that. Yeah, yeah. That's the metaphor you. So, anyways, um, so I'm studying, I'm studying. In in this prepping uh, piece, I had I did a an hour long like uh, like hacker rank challenge or something. Right. Where it was like you have an hour to answer two questions. And to say that I bombed it is giving myself way more credit than I deserve. This wasn't for Reddit. This was for a different company. By the end of the hour, one of the problems, one of my solutions was like, if no input, return, like nothing. And the other one was in an infinite loop. Right. And I said, shit, like this is a company uh, that does a lot of mentorship. Like they, they talk about how they onboard their junior engineers and I couldn't even do this. So what did I do? This is another story about shamelessness, by yeah. the way. So I, uh, I had screenshotted one of the problems, and I spent six hours on the day I was flying home finding a solution to one of the problems. Yeah. And I, uh, I emailed my recruiter and said, hi, Rachel, or whatever her name was. Hi, Rachel. I hope you're doing well. Um, I wasn't able to answer the question the hour provided, but uh, I was able to solve this problem afterwards. Can you please forward my solution to the team? Also, I, uh, I was only able to screenshot one of the problems. Can you please send me a screenshot of the other one? Uh, and I'll get that solution to you by the end of the weekend or whenever. So let's talk about this. I just love how proactive you are. Well, here's the thing. You're just so great at proactivity. Well, because here's what it is, right? I already don't have a job at insert name of company here. Yeah. I literally have nothing to lose if I receive an email informing me that I still don't have a job at insert name of company mm. here. There's no universal list of like, oh, I tanked this interview, therefore I will never be able to work at that company again. And also they have now told all of their peers at every other company that mm. I am trash and unworthy of, of professional health insurance. Yeah. Like that's not a thing. If you ask every engineer, tell me about an interview you tanked. Actually, let's add that list, that question to the list of questions to ask on any panel. Tell me the story of when you tanked an interview. <laughs> that is a good question. Everyone has a story mm-hmm. and everyone will giggle and everyone will laugh through their yeah. story and then everyone will tell you how it helped them triumph in their next one. Totally. Without fail. So anyway, so I sent this email and there's objectively no reason that this recruiter should respond, let alone say yes. And sure enough, she reached out a few days later and said, hi, Becca, apologies for the slow response. <laughs> You're like, You're apologizing to me? Well, yeah. and this is my level of, or my, like, uh, my calibrator yeah. of how bold can I be here? Yeah. I have nothing to lose. So yeah. why not be the most gutsy version, right? Because what am I trying to prove to, to you, right? I am potential. It's probably going to take me a little longer to finish the task yeah. as it would to somebody else. Yeah. But, oh, my God, do I have drive. Okay, wait. How about this thing that a lot of us have of, like, we just don't want to be annoying okay. to someone? Get over yourself. But, like, supportive and lovingly get over yourself. No, no. <laughs> but but there is something yeah, 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 genuine no. about that. Like, I, I had someone in uh, my career that was so aggressively trying to get a hold of me during a very bad period of my life. And I was kind enough at the beginning to be like, hey – like, I'm going through a really bad period. I, I don't have capacity. And they kept, like, trying, trying, trying. I'm like, this is insane. And one of my best friends said, I think it's just the tech culture. They they don't take no for an answer. And, and like, they don't respect someone's humanness. And, and so there is a level of, like, too much. 100%. So how, how do we know when to push ourselves to be even, like, put on a, a confidence hat mm-hmm. versus, like l- – Let's respect boundaries and space. Well, okay. So I think the thing about your story that is so despicable to me is that someone asked a question, love that. 
ask. Always ask. Oh, yeah. And I was then, fine with asking right. the question. And then you said, boundary. This is a boundary. And then that person said, no, nah, I don't like your boundary. I'm going to annoy you. But let someone else articulate that boundary. Um, and this was something else that Steve said when he spoke at the boot camp. I, I love really that. Liked. Wait, no, let that oh. sit in, though, because that's good. Let someone else. Yeah. I'm going to wait for you to tell me that I'm annoying you before I just assume that I'm annoying mm, to you. Don't close your own doors. That. Don't put your own ceiling on. I got this advice from yeah. a from a. So within we haven't even talked about what I've done on the job, but when I we'll get there too. We'll get, I'm yeah. just like loving. Oh, I cleared my I'm afternoon. We're good. Uh, I I know how this goes. People go. The, the podcast is 20 minutes, and I'm like, yeah. Why is my episode now we're 20? How'd that happen? No, you're uh, so. I love how empowering you are. Thank Continue, you. Continue, please. Um. Yeah. Uh. So, to, but to your question about like how do you know to ask? The answer is like, take a deep breath, put on your bravery hat. Yeah. And just ask. Yeah. Um, and Steve said this too. He's like, I want noisy engineers. Let them oh. tell you that you're being too noisy. Let them tell you, hey, I notice you have a lot of questions. I'm really trying to get some head down time. Can you write down your questions? And then let, and then I'll throw an hour on the calendar, you know, this cadence, this whatever. Yeah. Where we can just go through the list. Right. Right. That's not no. Yeah. That's let's find a system that works for both of us. Yeah. But until someone tells you that your way of doing it doesn't work for them. Why would you assume that it doesn't? It's so funny. Even my own team will sometimes say, I didn't want to bother you. I know how busy you are. And I'm like, no, actually, I want all of you to bother me as much as you want. Like, the more questions, the better. This is where I want that, like, influx yeah. of questions. Well, and something that's been really hard for me as I've climbed the ladder, right, because I built a brand off of, like, hello, my name is new. I don't know anything. I'm not threatening. Yeah. I'm just asking. And then as I've climbed up the ladder more yeah. and more, I feel like people have gotten intimidated by my title. And people mm. have gotten intimidated by the idea of me. Yeah. And because people no longer know me as a super approachable person that you sit down next to at the lunch table and just chit-chat with about whatever, yeah. I get a lot fewer inbounds mm. until people meet me in person and they're like, oh, wow, that conversation, you said to follow up with you. So I'm going to follow up with you now. Interesting. And so the question is like, how do we who people assume are too busy for them yeah. make it clear that like, no, 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 I'm not too busy for you. I, I may not have time today. Right. But – I will make the time for you, but you need to ask me for the and time. And not always. No, but but then I will also tell you that right. like, hey, so yeah. like for example, our CTO um, has a chief of staff uh, who is incredible. And sometimes yeah. I'll ask my CTO something and then his chief of staff will respond yeah. and say, hey, I threw some time on our calendars to talk about it. And in the beginning, I was super offended. And I'm like, Chris, like, you know, Chris Slow, he and I, we have a relationship. Yeah. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. Like, he really is grateful for the way that I surface things to him. And then I'm Why like, are you passing me off? Right. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, yeah, this man is not ignoring me. This man is saying, I want the problem dealt with. And because I want it actually dealt with, you talking to me is not the best way to deal mm. with it. You talking to my chief of staff is the best way to deal with it. But then my ego had to get mm. over the fact that, like, well, I want the FaceTime with you to make sure that our relationship yeah. is good. No, no our, our relationship is fine. If it weren't fine, someone mm. would tell me. You are dropping gems. We have to at least conclude you getting hired, which led to the five years before we could transition into sure. your okay. girl. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, we'll, get, we'll get there. So anyways, I tanked an interview. Yeah. Okay, so I really lucked my job in Reddit. So I, I had messaged Jono, you know, would you help me prep? Great. So I, I meet him at his office, which yeah. again is three blocks down yeah. from the boot camp that I've been going into, yeah. to do, run into a whiteboarding problem, do lunch. And he, uh, at this point, I'm like in my uh, interview process, right? Right. Reach out. I had my recruiter screen on, oh, actually, let's get to the lunch with Steve. Yeah. So 
I had my one-on-one lunch with Steve, and the way I knew it went well is that at the end of it, he looked at his watch and said, I'll be late to the next meeting. And the way it turned out, like, I literally asked him, like, how do you date a model? Something like Reddit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. how do you do this, right? I'm not dumb. I'm just new. Yeah. And do I, you, by the way, do you say that mm-hmm. in the meeting? I'm not dumb. I'm just new. Yeah. All the time. You say it out loud. Mm-hmm. So there's context to. Yeah. I'll say, like, yeah. and you know, I transitioned into security fairly recently and I don't have a security background. So I'll say all the time, like, hey, can we uh, explain like I'm five, ELI five, this, like I've never been exposed to this technology I before. I think I'm going to start using that. Especially when I, I feel imposter syndrome or something, even in my own head, mm-hmm. when I'm like frustrated with myself doing something new that I've never done. And I'm like, why can't I just figure it out so fast? Right. And, <laughs> like, and like the other thing is like I'll time box myself. Be like, okay, I will give it 20, 30, you know, an hour, whatever it is to bang my head against the wall and like concerted effort to yeah. figure it out. But once I get to the place where I'm just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks and not yeah. learning anything, I'll go, okay, I clearly need help. Yeah. Let me take a step back. Yeah. Hi. Uh, who do I ask this? Okay, here's yeah. the channel for the people working on this thing. Yeah. I'm trying to do this thing. Uh, this is how I think it's yeah. working. You know, I'm trying this, but it's not. Can someone with some more context help me out? Totally. And generally, I'm like missing something small that there's no reason I yeah. would know. I'm not dumb. I've just never done this before. I love that. So I'll add, I prepped for that lunch, right? Yeah. Like I went to our career counter at the boot camp and was like, I'm about to meet with the CEO of the company I want to work at tomorrow. I'm not explicitly asking for a job. And I know I have my recruiter screen or no, I had my rec- recruiter screen on Tuesday and then yeah, I was meeting yeah. with Steve on Friday. That's yeah. what it was. And so I was like, okay, by the end of this conversation, what do I want him to know about me? Yeah. I come from a, a different background and like I'm not a huge Redditor. And so I understand the perspective of people who want to use this thing, That's but don't yet. I'm not a huge Redditor. Oh, no. My perception of Reddit before I joined was not good. That's fascinating. I also love what are the three things that I want him to know about me after this conversation, like ah, I just well, I, I love how you think. Well, I can't. I can't <laughs> you know, like, no, no, I, I admire how you think so well, much. Look, I came from an education background, right? Yeah. I was literally writing curriculum for yeah. for students that was to be used at different schools. So by the end of this lesson, students will be able to. Blah, 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 oh my gosh! And then you reverse engineer it. But even even like. Uh, uh, giving it, empowering yourself to just go into the interview, not being a redditor. I feel probably so many people are like, "Oh, I can't interview for that company because I haven't used X, Y, Z." And you're, you're like, "No, this is an advantage." And here, let me tell you why. Is your company looking to grow the number of users they have? Great. Why don't we have people that aren't yet users giving perspectives yeah. of actually that yeah. thing's really confusing? Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of a natural. Right. Like and so one of the big things and the reason that these coffee chats I mentioned earlier are so beneficial is because it helps you understand how to frame your story. Yeah. Right. You have the background you have. You have the skills that you have. How do you explain and articulate mm. those in ways that's valuable? So, for example, I'm a Middle East studies major with a focus in Israel-Palestine. My senior thesis was about Palestinian identity in Jordan from the years 1989 to 1994. Yeah. Let's talk about software engineering hard skills because that's not it. Okay, well, I spent my junior year of college living multiple perspectives of the Israel-Palestine conflict in Jordan and in Israel-Palestine. What is the tech skill there? Well, I'm a cultural translator. I can explain Zionist ideas in language that Palestinians can understand, and I can and I can articulate I'm a cultural translator. and I can articulate you know pro-Palestinian ideas in ways that Zionists can find palatable. Right? I spent two years living in Jackson, Mississippi, from right before Trump announced his candidacy to six months into the presidency. Right? Like I can explain progressive ideals to the Republicans I met, and you know, and wow. vice versa. 
Um, let's talk about the translation gap between technical and non-technical teams. Let's talk about engineers who can't speak English and ops folks who say something is broken and the, the engineers that say the logs are clean. What are you talking about? Becca, you're blowing my mind with how you present information. That's how I've gotten everything I've gotten in my career it's is I so understand the cool. – well, I understand how do the people I'm talking to need to have this information communicated to yeah. them. And it's not how am I comfortable giving this information. It's how can I make sure this information gets received and understood and taken the way I want it to be taken and understood. Yeah. And so like my favorite words that I use all the time, I'm like a broken record, is I'll get into a meeting and I'll say, stop. What's the problem we're trying to solve? And – Everyone will like take a deep breath and then it's, this thing is broken. Yeah, no, fine. That thing is broken. Why does this thing exist? What is the problem we are trying to solve here? And half the time we'll go in being like, can we do this solution? And then it turns out that that solution is just like one prong of a bigger picture. And if we look at this bigger picture instead of just the prong, then we can address it in a more holistic way and build a sustainable system. Now, I don't know what that sustainable system is, but I'm in a room of people that can help get us there. So by simply asking, stop, what's the problem we're trying to solve and zooming out the lens and ensuring we're all speaking the same language about what the problem is, I'm now facilitating a proactive, productive conversation between the right stakeholders to be able to actually build the best thing. And so my lack of fucks to give about what's actually happening under the surface, under the hood of a database, Mm. is not a liability. My ability to make sure that those people are in the room with the ops people who are using the feature and make sure we're all speaking the same language as we're designing our system, that's what I'm bringing to the table. Wow. And that's what you said in your interview? (laughs) Um, Well, in my interview, I basically said, my name is Potential. I talked about the cultural translating thing a lot, that one of my goals is to be able to translate between technical and non-technical teams. Right. You know, you're going to need to invest a lot of time, energy, and effort to make you be good at this. But I'm very confident that I will get good at this. Yeah. And what's funny is I, you know, so when I went for my lunch with Steve, I went to Jono afterwards, and I was like, hey, uh, who's my recruiter? My recruiter is Lindsay. Can you introduce me to Lindsay? Yeah. There's no reason I should be able to meet my recruiter in person during the interview process, but yeah. I happen to be at the office already because I happen to have these relationships. Right, right, and right. Yeah, so right. I met her. Hi, I'm a person. You like me. I'm cool. I'm fun. Don't you want me as your coworker? Fast forward, my uh, my on-site interview is some amount of time later, and I'm at the BART station, yeah. uh, and I see her walk down the stairs at the BART station. I rode BART home with my recruiter the night before my on-site interview. Wow. Which is the train in San Francisco for oh. those of you that aren't familiar. So to Angelinos, there's this notion called public transportation that the government <laughs> funds uh, these, these these large vehicles and then they have these like predetermined stops and schedules and people like instead of driving, it's wild, I know, they like get on this vessel and then it moves them. at a, Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. But, um, right, and so, like, you know, I sort of had this sense pretty early on in the Reddit process that, like, this job is mine to lose, and it was true, but it wasn't because my mentor worked at Reddit, and it wasn't because I sent an email to Steve and had a lunch with him. It was the other way around. It was, I manifested this, and it was a good fit for me and a good fit for them, and they recognized, oh, we want somebody who's got this kind of determination. Right. Now, this was pre-COVID. I was 25. I don't have that kind of fight in me now. And I think a lot of us don't have that kind of fight in us now. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that, like, the hustle porn is cool thing is, like, that's not where we are in the world today. Before we move there, and I so resonate with what you're saying, 
And then you got the job. Oh, and then I got the job. <laughs> so actually, I got I got two offers. Yeah. Um, one for Reddit and one for for Bloomberg. And Bloomberg's offer was about thirty percent more money up front. Mm. And what's interesting is that my friend who referred me, uh, the offer they gave me, I nailed that interview, like absolutely nailed it, was the same as she was making on that <gasps> day. And I told her what my offer was, and she said, "Congratulations, that's incredible." what the actual fuck. And the next thing she did was she marched into her manager's office and said, what the actual fuck, and went and got herself a raise. So oh. that's the talk. Hi, this is a team sport. Salary transparency is important. Okay. So anyways, I got these two offers. So Jono did not just refer me to a job at Reddit. He referred me to a job on his team. Oh. Let's talk about compliments for a minute, right? You talk about wow. these VCs, fun people showing up to your birthday party and showing yeah. I see you as a person. Hi, I believe in you. And I will tie my professional success to your professional success. Wow. My desk was next to his for my first four months on the job. Wow. And my manager was another Hackbright mentor who I knew. Wow. And so I reached out to, to the manager, uh, Prashant's his name. He's still at Reddit. And the, the thing I really want to acknowledge about him is that he has the most gorgeous, luscious hair you will ever see. <laughs> he uh, introduced me to the curly hair subreddit. And like this man, I swear, is Samson. It, like his locks are <laughs> incredible. This deserves all of the time, energy, and attention. Um, I think Corey, you said his name, your editor, yeah. keep this in. Um, <laughs> this is the stuff that people need to know. And so I messaged him and I basically said, hey, you know, like my recruiter told me all these things over the phone. And actually, let's get very real for a minute. I woke up to a text message from somebody I knew in college who we are not friends anymore to say, hello, call me when you get this. And I messaged a mutual friend. I was like, this person just messed me. What's going on? And yeah. we're, I'm going to get very real for a minute. And yeah. I call, she goes, can I call you right now? And she had moved across the world. Yeah. And she said, you know, our, uh, our friend Michael, he, uh, he killed himself. <gasps> and the day that I received a job offer from Reddit, and a job offer from Bloomberg, I went back and forth between those phone calls and calling people from college I hadn't spoken to in years, saying, hi, long time no wow. talk, our friend died. And so, you know, when I had the conversation with my recruiter, you know, are you, are you just the most excited you've ever been? Oh. Hi, Lindsay, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. Can I come in again tomorrow to have you repeat all of this information, please? And I messaged Prashant and I said, hey, uh, can we have lunch tomorrow? I'm coming in to meet with Lindsay this time. We'd love yeah. that. And so, you know, Lindsay told me all the stuff, whatever. And I was like, look, the, the offer at the other company, it's, it's significantly higher. And she yeah. said, look, we're offering you a seat on a rocket ship. You can take it or not. And I went to Prashant and I said, look, that other offer is a lot more money. Like, if I take this one, am I free to mess up? If I make mistakes, am I okay? Like, what's the pressure here? And he yeah. goes, your job is to learn and grow. And we have the utmost faith in you that you're going to learn and grow and be yeah. successful here. And so I knew from the jump that, like, the people and the environment was mm. what I was going to need to thrive here. Yeah. Okay, so let's say you have multiple offers that you're trying to figure out, like, where do I want to go? Or, like, how do I suss out if this place is actually going to be a good fit for me? Some of the questions that are super valuable to ask include, what does your onboarding look like? What kind of experience do you have onboarding junior engineers? What sort of policies do you have around mistakes? And, like, how, how's that culture? And really lean into, like, what kind of support do you have for me? Because it's going to be hard, and particularly if it's remote, like it's it's going to be hard, right? Am I coming in alone, or is there like a cohort of people I'll be onboarding with? Yeah. Right? What, what sort of structures, like how will I be set up for success here? And these questions can seem like you're being needy, right? The market right now is in a weird spot, a weird spot. So the idea of asking any questions that may make someone be like, mm, I think she's going to be difficult. Let's pull this offer. Terrifying. Mm. But also, you need to set yourself up for success. Yeah. 
it's really scary to ask questions. And also, it's a sign, not to be hokey with my words, but it's a sign of self-love to ask questions. 100%. If you don't ask the questions, in end, you're going to be the person that gets punished. But it's because you didn't ask the questions. I had a conversation this morning as something that I was afraid to ask questions about because I, I didn't want to be a bother. And I'm like, if I don't know this, I'm going to end up with a huge bill. <laughs> so I need to know. Right. It was a conference that wants to book me. And when they sent me the flights, they included the price, but they're supposed to be covering the, the, the thing. And I was like, I better say something. And so I said, just to clarify, this is being covered by you, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. yeah, so it's important. But I was afraid of being a bother with this like super fancy conference. Right. Well, and you did something really smart there where you also put it in writing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was on We purpose. love in writing. People, oh, my God, putting things on the record. Mwah, yeah. Chef's kiss. If you have a conversation with people and you make a decision at the end of a meeting, the email that says, like, hey, just to make sure, here's the bullets, here's what we agreed upon, yeah. whether that's, a, like, how we're going to technically build this feature or what we just discussed of what it's going to take for me or for you to put in for yeah. my promotion. Oh, my God. Get that in writing. Aside from Reddit, of course, what is your favorite tech tool or mobile app? Honestly, I'm a big fan of voice memos. Yeah. I'm what a, in what uh, in what platform? Like what channel? Like just a me iMessage voice memo or Oh, I I literally use the voice memos app on my phone all the time. I'll have oh, it just to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. myself. I'm a very verbal processor. I'm a very relational person. Like in the workplace, my favorite thing to say is like, hey, do you got five minutes to hop on Hangout or you know, Slack huddle yeah. or Hangout or yeah, Zoom, yeah, yeah, whatever? Yeah. Like, let's just talk it out. Yeah. This is the, the socialness of me really, really showing. I'm a big fan of post-its on my monitor to remind me of things. People have great tech tools that I really don't. Uh, I love an interactive debugger. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, like I'm very kinesthetic in that way. Yeah. So I need, like, you know, drop me in the middle of executing code and I can be like, what are my variables right now? <laughs> like, what can this object do? I don't remember anything. Big fan of Control F. Silver Searcher AG is the, the extension on my browser yeah. that I use just to like search in a code base for whatever. Like I never learned the incantations for grep. So I just let this tool do it for me. That counts. And where can people connect with you? So I'm so ashamed of this answer. I think right now it's Instagram, which I don't like. I basically got off Twitter. I deleted it from my phone once the image chained to be an X, and I actually feel a void. Um, I'm, like, really sad about what's happened to Twitter in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Insta, so it's just Becca Rosenthal with an underscore at the end. I'm on LinkedIn, but, like, I don't really use my LinkedIn People tell me that I should be a LinkedIn influencer, but I don't want to be. Like, I, I have the things to say. I just, like, yeah. don't want to be that person for reasons I don't 100%. know. 100%. People this tell is, me I should have a video podcast. I just don't want to be. Like, I'm too pretty. <laughs> I would break the internet. Stop. Uh, I just, I, it's like everybody's telling you how you should live our lives. Can we just, like, live our lives with what actually fulfills our us? <laughs> right. Well, but I think we optimize for the things we want to optimize for. It's like I have a lot of friends who are musicians. I see a ton of live music. I talk to my friends who are trying to make it that are like, I'm being told that I can't do anything until I go huge on TikTok. I didn't yeah. sign up to be a social media star. I signed up to be a musician. And like yeah. the job is not musician anymore. The job is influencer. I don't yeah. want to be an influencer. I don't want to be an influencer either. I have either. no interest. Yeah. But the way that the media landscape is evolving is if you want to, you know, keep up with where it's yeah. going, like that's the direction you have to go in. Yeah. Or you say the people who you know, do what I want to do, like, or whatnot, like, we're here, this is where I am, meet me where I am. What I will say is one of the reasons that I decided I wanted to come on here today is that one of the biggest voids I've felt since moving down to LA is that I don't have a professional community. I don't have a tech community. Oh. And I'm really looking to meet people here. So if you live in oh, the I Silver have, Lake, Echo yeah. Park, whatnot area, I'm looking to connect with people and, and like really looking to have a professional community. I'm definitely the right person to talk to. After this, I'll give you all the links too. Best restaurant to go to in LA. 
So the restaurant that I recommend, uh, La Cita, it's, it's in uh, Chinatown. It's like it's like Filipino wine bar. It's so good. La Cita. La Cita. Any taco truck and taco stand that's, that's like on your corner, like where do I eat the most? I, I always carry cash because of these taco stands. 100%. That's the answer. So smart that they still take cash. And <laughs> if somebody were to land in LAX today, what would you suggest for startup world? What would you suggest they do or like where to go? Well, An activity. You, well, first off, you definitely should have flown into Burbank. LAX is a nightmare. But as far as activities to do in terms of what? Just LA-ness. So I would say before you get there, be intentional about what you're looking for and plan where you're going to stay to be within 20 minutes driving of what you're trying to do. L.A. has everything, but it is geographically massive. So realistically, your world is a 30-minute radius from wherever you are. So be really honest with yourself about what you're looking for and then figure out where you want to be in relation to that radius and let everything else just be there. I think that's an amazing and accurate suggestion. Is there an activity that really stands out to you that you've done or that you've heard about that you think? Yeah, what do you like doing? Try. Do that. I, I don't like telling people what to do without understanding but for what they like. Oh, I see a ton of live music. I go to a ton of live shows. Yeah, like which one Which one would you go to? Yes. I mean, if you invite me to a show because of you like the artist, I will come. Like, hi, randos I've never met before. If you send me a message and say, I'm going to this show, will you go with me? I'll probably say yes. Is there a venue that stands out to you? I like the Echoplex. They have good stuff. Moroccan Lounge is a good time. The Mint is a good time. But mostly I go and my friends are like, hey, come see this this show. Oh, Zebulon has some really good stuff. Zebulon. Um, cool. Yeah, it's in uh, – I don't even know how to describe where it is. It's in my Uber app. No, it's like 10, 15 minutes from me. I'm, Uber well, I'm, <laughs> That's very funny. It, I don't know. I don't drive – yeah. But I, I think going to shows with bands you've never heard of is really fun. And then, like, I love a show at the Forum um, – I love the bowl. I love the Greek. I, yeah, getting tickets day of is the move. Who in the LA tech community, either LA, LA tech company or a person, have you come across recently that's really inspired you? So to be honest, I'm not like deeply embedded in the LA tech community at all. But my friend Sam Caro is the CTO at a company called Dwellwell that is trying to simplify the process for first time homebuyers. And she is an absolute powerhouse. I, I know her from her time at Reddit and like she literally was building programs to help like junior engineers be able to get highly visible, impactful work. Uh, I was a part of the pilot and it got me my first promotion. Um, on a personal note, she looked at me one day and said, you dress like shit, but you have a personality. Can I help you? And pulled a full on fashion <laughs> intervention. Um, Sam, I'm just going to talk about you now. Um, I have never met somebody who is smarter with a trashier taste in television. I love her dearly. And she's also deeply, deeply confident, uh, confident and competent. She's just, she's awesome. So Dwellwell is the company. They work out of Culver. I think they got like 10, maybe 15-ish employees now. They're like, they're doing the thing. That's so exciting. Yeah. And FYI, for everybody listening, wearelatech.com slash calendar so you can see all the community organizers' events. I actually do a terrible job at this. So on our team, Janice puts together all of the events happening all over Los Angeles by all other community organizers. So these aren't wearelatech-specific events. And we put them on a Google calendar so it's easy for you to add every single event to your Google calendar. However, I, who am in charge of the website, do not make the UI easy for you to find that out so like there's this amazing like end goal of uh or end solution but i do a terrible job of letting you know it it exists can so, i tell you my yeah. favorite lesson i've learned that's been deeply annoying hmm. if people can't discover your feature you might as well have never built it so not to blame you here no 100 one of the things that i wish i was talented at so bad is 
is design slash UX. If I had that ability, I would be able to do so much more in my life, but I have to rely on everybody else or tools like Canva and even someone like me utilizing some uh, like a website builder or Canva because I'm not a designer. I'm still going to do not a great job because my eyes and my brain don't calibrate the information in the way that is the most impactful to the recipient. So but it drives I think, me But mad. I also think you're overthinking that, right? Like really? I've, I've done a lot of projects with, with people where it's like, I don't have a designer. I don't have a product manager. Like I said, I'm going to do a thing and I have to figure it out to the best of my abilities. Yeah. You're a human with basic common sense and a community of people that you can ask stuff to and don't under – like. Don't under like think about how valuable that is. Like, okay, I want to get a Google Calendar that has all the events. Okay, what would I want to be able to get to make this easy for me? Okay, cool. So I want to be able to go and see a big red button that says add to my calendar. Yeah. Okay, then I can go to Google and say how to add add my add to my calendar yeah. button through Google. Like, what is the API? Oh, do they have some sort of embedded HTML code that's yeah. right there that I can copy yeah. and paste? Do I know what that means? Oh, okay. Someone has done this before, yeah. right? And I think there's so much imposter syndrome. And I, I fall victim to this all the time with technologies that I haven't worked with where I just assume that I could never use it instead of just being like, someone has done this before. Yeah. People are smarter than me. Yeah. How did you do it? Can I do it? 100%. Well, for now, if you go to wearelatech.com slash calendar and just trust me, scroll and click on things and you'll end up to that Google. <laughs> you know what my other pro tip is? Is whenever I'm writing any documentation. I'll fix it though, I promise. I put so much word word vomit in that you can control F for any combination of what a person may think to oh, search for. And then they can thank find you. it. Yes, control F like. Best friend. Google or calendar. Anyway, it's there. And we made it the Google calendar so it's really easy for you to have all the events in your calendar. So I just have to work on the UI side of that. Who is a must-follow? Could be a podcast, a YouTuber, a blogger, an author. So I'm a big fan of Hard Fork. It's a tech podcast, Casey Newton, and oh my God, who's the other person? I'm I'm so blanking on it. Honestly, I've been listening to nothing but normal gossip for the last <laughs> two weeks, which is like super mundane stories about regular people. It's like a, a neighborhood 4th of July potluck gone wrong. Like those are the kind of stories Wait, they tell. Wait, is this a show, Normal Gossip? No, it's a gossip. podcast. It's literally every every. What's it called? Normal, normal Gossip. gossip. Okay. Every episode is like some random story about people you will never meet. Just like, and they're insane gossip. I'm totally going to subscribe. You really should. I should be listening to this instead of watching YouTube. Probably. Yeah. It's so good. And you said that, what, what was the other one? Hard? Hard Fork. It's a New York Times Hard tech fork. podcast yeah. that I really, really, really enjoy. Hard they, Fork. They do a really good job of, of explaining like complex technical things in basic English, which I think is the skill that not enough engineers pay attention to. Those are great recommendations. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye, friends. My name is Becca Rosenthal. I am based in Silver Lake. I'm a software engineer over at Reddit, your home for cat videos, and you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you.
Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.